Welcome to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. Each week we cover everything from security threats, new archaeological discoveries, biblical prophecy, ministries happening on the ground in the Middle East, and much more. And each week I'll encourage you to have a passion and excitement to read, study, and apply God's Word in your daily life. You know, one of the best ways to do that is to connect with the places, people, geography, history, and culture of what we read in God's Word. I want to introduce you to Eagle's Wings, an organization that's having an impact worldwide, especially in Israel and among the Jewish people. They have so many things that they are doing around the world and in Israel. Robert Stearns is the founder and executive director of Eagle's Wings. Robert, thank you for joining us today on the Middle East Report Special Edition. Can you Give us a brief idea of what Eagle's Wings does and some of the things that you are involved in, especially in the land of Israel. Since 1994, Eagle's Wings has been involved in educating the Christian church on the Jewish roots of our faith and why it really, really matters that we understand uh, the biblical and Jewish roots of our background and then helping Christians to build a bridge of friendship and solidarity, both with the Jewish community Uh, worldwide in their nation, their city, their town, and also with the state of Israel. So we've brought over 30,000 Christians here to Israel from all around the world, and uh, we're very, very involved and committed to the growing Jewish-Christian friendship that is really a miracle in our generation. Uh, Never in 2,000 years of church history has there been this kind of friendship and cooperation between the Jewish and Christian community that we see today. Well, we have about a dozen different outreaches that we run here in Israel and around the world. Uh, But just to highlight, you know, two or three of them, uh, Abraham's Bread, we really believe that Um, The good news is very practical. And so we have two feeding centers that we sponsor here in Israel, uh, where every single day, well, six days a week, uh, not closed on Shabbat, but we do have Shabbat boxes that go to people. Uh, We're helping to feed new immigrants who've come from Ethiopia, who've come from uh, the former Soviet Union today, who are coming from Ukraine. Holocaust survivors, those who fall through the other, you know, social services cracks. So we feed hundreds of people a week in our center in Jerusalem, which is right down, right downtown near the Jerusalem bus station, and then our center in Tiberias. So that's our Abraham's Bread Center, which, by the way, uh, reaches out to anyone who's hungry. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, Christian, Arab, Muslim, Druze, you know, are you hungry? Do you need help? If so, you know, you're welcomed into those centers. Um, our day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem is our global event, the first Sunday of every October. This was established in 2004. Uh, myself and uh, my spiritual mentor, Pastor Jack Hayford, uh, we've had 1,800 Christian leaders uh, come on board and set aside the day of prayer as the first Sunday of every October. That broadcasts live here out of Israel uh, through our partnership with God TV and literally goes all around the world. Uh, we have a curriculum called Watchmen on the Wall, Shomer Chumot, which trains Christians in understanding the threat of anti-Semitism and why it matters to them. Uh, Eagle's Wings, and folks can go to eagleswings.org to learn more about us, but we're a multifaceted ministry and movement uh, really helping strengthen and understand Jewish-Christian 
uh, relationship and why it's so crucial in this hour. Robert, that's awesome to see how your organization is impacting the Jewish people in the land of Israel, doing so much to comfort them, to encourage them, and just to shine out the light of the Lord. And I know uh, a lot of people would like to be involved in what you're doing, so I want to encourage you to visit eagleswings.org, eagleswings.org. You can get more info about that organization there. Robert, I've had people come up to me and say, John, why all the focus on the Jewish people and the land of Israel? How do you respond to somebody who asks that question? There's several ways to answer that question. Um, One, which is the most obvious, but also the most overlooked, um, is that Jesus is Jewish. Uh, this is something that a lot of Christians seem to not really understand or be aware of. And even that phrase, Jesus is Jewish, people will say, oh, well, Jesus was Jewish. I said, Jesus wasn't Jewish. Jesus is Jewish, okay? He's coming back Jewish. So understanding that truly makes a difference. Many of us, I find, uh, we have a Assembly of God Jesus, or a Southern Baptist Jesus, or a Church of God Jesus. You know, we have we have a Jesus who's been fashioned uh, in in our own particular denominational um, understanding. To truly encounter the biblical Jesus, the Jewish Jesus, really does uh, change and transform your faith journey. So that's one reason. The second reason that it's crucial is that today. Uh, the Judeo-Christian world faces two existential threats. And we have to be aware of these threats. uh, And they're very real and they're increasing. One is the threat of radical Islam. Uh, In fact, we just uh, uh, recently have heard more and more about Iran and the the threat of a nuclear Iran. This is really um, theocratic tyranny. You know, people using religion to exploit and to control Uh, and to incite violence. So we see the problems of the radicalized Muslim world. Thankfully, we see things like the Abraham Accords. We do see a rise of moderate Muslim nations that are beginning to make peace with Israel. But even while that's happening, those who are Israel's sworn enemies are increasing their vitriol and their rhetoric. But the second threat, which I think is more dangerous, John, is the threat of militant secularism a secularism and a humanism that is not just, uh, you know, agnosticism saying, well, I don't believe in God. No, it's I don't believe in God and you're not allowed to believe in God either. And so it is this militancy, this this intense secularism that right now the battleground in America, at least, is the local school board, right? We're seeing that battle at the local school board level. These twin threats of a radicalized Islam and a radicalized sec- uh, militant humanism, secularism, uh, they pose a threat not only to Christianity, but to Judaism and to the Judeo-Christian way of life. And so it's urgent that Christians and Jews work together to combat those threats in this generation. Robert, thank you for the work that you do around the world, proclaiming the word of God, loving on the Jewish people, all the compassionate things that you do for the Jewish people in the land of Israel. And I want to encourage you, as you're listening today, to connect with Eagles Wings. Eagleswings.org is their website. A lot of great things going on there with this organization. And you can find out more when you go to Eagles Wings. 
eagleswings.org. That's eagleswings.org. I encourage you to check it out. They do have a global day of prayer for the peace of Jerusalem coming up in October, and you can get involved in that wherever you are. You don't have to be in Jerusalem to pray for the land of Israel, and for the Jewish people. So check that out, eagleswings.org. You can download a podcast of the show from all of the major podcast platforms out there. Make sure when you do that, you look for the Middle East Report, and it says American Family Association. That's the official Middle East Report. I hope you'll follow me and download that podcast, and you can also go to AFR.net and get the show there as well. Coming up next, we're going to go to Jerusalem We're going to find out about an incredible ministry happening right there. Whether it's a story about prayer in public schools or battles for biblical truth within our denominations, the American Family News Network is here to tell you what the newsmakers are saying. We are starting to see a rebellion against corporate America's endorsement coddling of the LGBTQ agenda. The American Family News Network is comprised of news anchors and editors that team up to bring you news from a Christian perspective. A TRO for non-legal types out there uh, is basically just an emergency order that would have allowed Liam to go back to school wearing the t-shirt he wants to wear. And again, that t-shirt says there are two genders. Not only can you listen to reports on the radio, but you can also visit AFN.net for coverage of the latest headlines. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis out on the campaign trail was ready with an answer on the meaning of the word woke. American Family News, reporters you can trust. Welcome back to the Middle East Report special edition. We want to connect you to the people, the places, the geography of the land of Israel and all of the Bible land there in the Middle East. We want to encourage you to read God's word in the context that it was written. It's so important to do that, and we're so thankful that you're listening today here on American Family Radio. I want to introduce a a very, very precious friend that I have in Israel. Her name is Shani Ferguson, and she is with Maos Israel in an incredible organization there in the land of Israel that is doing so much for the Jewish people to help them, to serve them in so many different ways. Shani, thank you for uh, joining us today on the Middle East Report Special Edition. It is a pleasure to be here. Shani, tell us about Maos Israel. You are involved in a lot of things there in the land of Israel to, to bless the Jewish people. We are. Actually, uh, the running joke is whenever people ask us, you know, tell me about Maos, we start by laughing because we're like, uh, where do you start? Where do you start? And how much time do you have? We've been around since 1976, which is when my parents um, married and began Maos. My mother's first time to Israel was in 1959 when there was no access to pray at the Wailing Wall. Uh, She moved here in 1967, which was right after the Six-Day War. And then, of course, there was access to pray for Jews and uh, Christians to pray at the Wailing Wall for the first time uh, in a long time. And they started Maoz, and really the, the questions that they asked themselves were, how do we start a community of believers out of nothing? There was a handful of believers. They were spread across the country. Everything was very fresh and new and young, um, even as a nation, but especially as a body. They, you know, Maoz has evolved over the years to adapt to what Israel needs at the time. And so, you know, if you start, if they said, you know, what what do you need for the building blocks of a community? 
you need congregations and you need resources and you need to help people that are immigrating here and uh, we need worship. And so that's really kind of been the building blocks and the path that Moos has taken over the years. And, you know, they early on, you had leaders across the country, many of them whom my parents helped uh, immigrate to the country. And they would see potential in people and say like, oh, we want to help you get started and we want to help you get settled. And, um, and then they would, then they saw that leaders were across the country and they weren't really connecting with each other. So they're like, let's do conferences and let's build unity and let's, let's really become a body. And so that's the early years of Ma'oz. A few years ago, my parents handed off the ministry to my husband, Kobe and I, we have a team here in Israel. We have eight branches in other countries, uh, Korea and Ireland, UK, Germany, Brazil, France, US and, and Canada. And just really an amazing honor uh, as someone, I'm, I'm 44, and uh, to be able to have grown up in this ministry and to be able to have a team of Israelis who are committed and talented and just love the Lord and love their country and to be able to serve Israel and to be able to offer what we do. So we have a recording studio in Jerusalem, which is the city of worship. And uh, we actually meet people every once in a while and they're like, oh, you guys have a recording studio? We're like, yeah. And and they'll talk about a project and we're like, well, why would you want to record in Nashville when you could record in the city of worship? And they're like, so um, it's an amazing experience because you have Jews coming from all over the world and so their flavors and music wise are very, um, I can't think of the word in English. It is uh, a lot, meguvan <laughs> um, in Hebrew. So what we have is that the worship that comes out of here is very textured and it has a lot of variety and um, just all sorts of different styles. And it's it's really a privilege to be able to do and and, and it's a lot of fun. There are so many other aspects of what you do there in the land of Israel, Shani, and I want to encourage people to uh, connect with Maos Israel. You can do that, Maos Israel. Maos is spelled M-A-O-Z Israel dot O-R-G, and you can find out more about what they are doing in the land to love on the Jewish people in so many different ways. And and Shani, you mentioned uh, believers there in the land of Israel. Now, we're, we're talking about Jewish believers in Jesus? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, we are. That is an anomaly to a lot of people because, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we go to Israel and we convert Jews to Christianity. And and so to that, and this is a thick theological uh, concept that I would have to dig into at some point, but from our perspective, God uh, made a covenant with the Jewish people, just like he said he would in Jeremiah. And so the new covenant is called the new covenant because we already had a covenant and that it, so us as Jews accepting our covenant just makes us Jews who accepted our the covenant that the Lord offered us and so believing in Yeshua we still are Jews and the disciples were Jews and there was there was nothing that evolved out of that and so um, that's why we call ourselves Jewish believers and, and not Christians Christians are Gentiles who have been accepted into this Jewish covenant and they have the same access to the Father and the same forgiveness of sins and, and all that, but they're essentially joining us. We're not joining them. I guess I could put it that way. Yeah, I love that. I love the way that you put that, Shani. That is uh, so well put for sure. Well, I want to uh, turn the corner here and talk about you know something current that's happening in the land of Israel. We've been hearing about massive reports of a lot of people protesting there in Israel for 
and against something called judicial reform in Israel. And apparently there's a lot of disruption going on in the Israeli community. And people who are listening right now may not have been following that, and they don't understand what this judicial reform thing is in Israel and why everything is kind of an upheaval right now. Can you just sort of summarize, you know, what this judicial reform is all about and, you know, where the country stands right now? I will, but I will begin by saying everyone can be calm because I've heard a lot of reports coming out of Israel like there's a coup and they're just like everyone's going to die. And it's just, okay, so first of all, no, there is not any kind of military coup. The bottom line is what people are watching from the outside is a nation that's wrestling with its democracy. And wrestling is what Israel does best. It's what we do for our existence. It's what, it's what Jacob was named for, the man who wrestled with God and, and man. That was like our, our most defining character. There's uh, some laws that the current government, which is very right-wing, have been trying to pass, and they did pass the first step of a number of laws. And the overall concern is that, you know, I guess like in the U.S., everyone knows there's the Supreme Court, and there's the House and the Senate, and then there's the executive branch, and every every kind of sect of government is a check and balance on the other. And so you don't have this kind of one corner that rules them all. And what has happened is that the current government has been working to shut down the power of the Supreme Court so that should they pass a law that the Supreme Court says, you know what, uh, it's not reasonable, and I'll explain that in a second, then they won't have the power to do that. Now, we don't have a constitution, and so that's one of the reasons that there's a lot of wrestling back and forth as to who has the final say. We have a Declaration of Independence, and we have something called basic laws. The basic laws are foundational. They're things that you don't mess with, and or they're very, very hard. It's kind of like what you would consider in your constitution. You know, when you say it's not constitutional, we would say it's against this basic law. And so the reason a lot of people are having a problem with this is, number one, it removes a check and balance Um from from the legislative uh, branch of government. So they could just pass any kind of crazy law and no one can say anything about it. And the other thing is the types of laws that this government are, tr- are they're trying to pass are very fishy to the average person. So I'm just going to explain this. I'm not going to say what side I'm on. I'm just going to explain that currently our prime minister uh, has several cases that he's being, uh, that are going to court against him that have to do with integrity. And some of the laws that are being passed uh, appear to be to try to be in favor of giving the prime minister more freedom uh, and making it harder to remove him should he be convicted. And so that's what the people are having issues with. They're saying that Netanyahu is basically going with, with the current government because if they if he doesn't go with them, if he doesn't let them pass these laws, then they'll just collapse the government. And if they collapse the government, then he won't be prime minister and then he won't have um, as much privilege throughout these cases. That's the first step of that law in, in, in a sense, um, not allowing the Supreme Court to cancel a law that is passed if they find it to be unreasonable, because you can't say unconstitutional, they call it the reasonableness clause, that it's not a reasonable law. That one has already passed, and that's what has made people very upset. Um, I just read a statistic that one-third, one out of every three Israelis is considering leaving the country. 
Now that's that's a that's quite a high, you know, considering is is a very vague term because obviously people can be very frustrated and that's very different than actually upping your life and moving. But the bottom line is we don't have another country. It's not like, you know, people in the US are like, I'm gonna move to Canada and you know, life isn't exactly that different over there. Well, we don't we can't like move to Lebanon or move to Jordan or move to Egypt. <laughs> we don't have those kind of freedoms and a lot of a lot of people that live here today, they they fled their countries, um, they fled their dictatorships to come here and fulfill the dream of the Jewish people returning to Israel. And so what is happening is a problem. And the reason some people have been mentioning things about like coups and military and whatever, and they're misunderstanding entirely what's happening, is that there have been people who are in the reserves, specifically the Air Force, that have said, if this law passes, we are concerned about serving under a dictatorship. And there's several reasons for that. It's a little complicated. It has to do with international law. But right now, the reason, you know, you know, the Hague and the UN, and there's so many people that have tried to bring accusations and lawsuits against uh, Israel's military. And the reason none of those have gone to international court is because everybody knows that Israel's court system is legitimate. And the minute you have this kind of law that's passed that neutralizes the court system, it's very possible that the international courts will say, well, Israel doesn't have a legitimate court system anymore. And so we're going to start trying Israeli soldiers internationally, which therefore the pilots are saying, I'm concerned about serving under such a government. And if I want to go on vacation with my family afterwards, I'm going to be arrested and tried in international court. So a lot of complexity here, but it's, it's nothing to do with anyone trying to like grab an F-16 and attack Israelis. This has to do with us trying to wrestle through um, how do we govern ourselves? We have historically only ever been ruled by a king, a judge, or a prophet. And so now we only have like 75 years of experience of living in, in a democracy, and it's, it's kind of new to us. A lot going on there in Israel. And I know uh, at times it can be pretty complicated when you talk about Israeli politics. And so you know, I want to encourage people to uh, pray for that situation. In fact, Shani, how, how can people pray in regards to this judicial reform? I know that you put out a, a prayer alert a lot there at Maos, but how can people pray? Uh, that's a good question, and that's actually a good uh, that's a good first answer. I do write a lot from Israel, and I would encourage people to subscribe because there's a lot to say, and every situation has a lot of background to it that's different than you know necessarily the the kind of government and and culture that they're used to. So I I do encourage people to read up on that. I try to give it in bite sized pieces. Praying, I'm a context person, and you know, in, from my perspective, if you have a, a culture where families are healthy and the, which therefore makes healthy communities, you could live under a government that is problematic and, and be in a better place than if you had a government that was all great, but your whole society is corrupt. And so I always, I'm always like a ground up kind of person. So number one prayer request is pray for the families of Israel. And specifically, you guys, I've got a team of people here and they have families and they're on the front lines of what's happening spiritually and they're raising kids in very godless environments and very difficult environments. And so you want to start, start with praying for the team in Maoz and then pray for specifically the leadership. If we have godly leadership in our country then they will lead us in the right path. It doesn't matter whether we're under a dictatorship or a democracy or whatever. I don't I don't worship democracy. I think it's a great system, but it's not 
you know, I worship God and I, I pray for godly leaders and the actual form of our government is less important to me in that sense. But those would be the two things that I would say, pray for the families and then pray for godly leadership. And if we don't have it right now, then pray that we would be raising up the next generation of godly leadership. I want to encourage you to connect with Maos and you can do that maosisrael.org maosisrael.org we're talking to Shani Ferguson directly from the land of Israel Shani before i let you go since you're in the land of Israel and you're right there among all the geography and you know the people and the culture there in Israel would you take just a moment to share you know any scripture you want and maybe Bring in a little bit of the Hebrew if you, if you want, and just encourage people who are listening right now all across the country. Let me just say because I told I told you I'm a context person, and I'm a, there's always like this underlying thing that God is doing, and so uh, it's not exactly a scripture, but it is the story of Esther. And quickly, I want to just say that a lot of people kind of look at that story and they're like, "Look how God had this woman in the in the right time, the right place to save the Jewish people." I actually see it as something deeper that God was doing. And, you know, we call it Purim, the holiday that we celebrate for that particular uh, event that happened and when God rescued the Jewish, the Jewish people. But what was actually happening and, and the chaos that God created, I don't even, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he allowed it to happen. I'm like, I think he actually set this whole thing up. Massive chaos of, you know, Vashi does this and Queen Esther has to come in and then this, these people and Mordecai and like this incredible story. Because before the story began, before Vashti, ever said anything to her husband, I'm not coming and all that. There was a extensive underlying anti-Semitism in the culture. And that's why when Haman came and said, hey, you guys can kill all the Jews and whatever, that's why it was like ripe for the picking. And what God ended up doing in that situation, and they call it Purim, and this is the fascinating thing because a pool in Hebrew is just, it's lots. It's sheer luck. They, they cast lots. Everything that you consider fate, luck, happenstance, uh, that was where Haman was hanging the, the Jewish people. Like, we're just going to pick a day and we're going to decide that this is the day the Jews are destroyed. And that's the day, what seemed like a complete, nobody was un- controlling this thing. God switched it and actually cleansed the culture of all the anti-Semitic people. And there were so many of them, they had to have another day. Of, of like eradicating anti-Semitism from, from that culture. So uh, that would be the encouraging story that a lot of times you see this chaos and you're like, what in the world is this? And God, like stop the chaos, but it's a setup. It's a setup because God is cleaning house. Boy, that's uh, an amazing perspective of that story. And I think talking about cleaning house, Shani, that that's happening, you know, I think all over the country. All over. Especially mm-hmm. within in the church, believers who who know Yeshua, who know Jesus, God is saying, are you going to believe my word or are you mm-hmm. just going to believe your own interpretation of the mm-hmm. word? So I really believe God is moving in a huge, huge way. And and thank you for what you do there, Shani, and your entire team at Maos. You all are doing incredible things there in the land of Israel to comfort the Jewish people, to get the word out about what's happening in the land, to encourage people to pray. There are just so many different aspects of Maos Israel, and I want to encourage you, please connect with Maos Israel. You can do that when you go to maosisrael.org. That's maosisrael.org. And you can find out all about 
what they are doing there in the land of Israel. Shani, thank you so much for joining us today on the Middle East Report Special Edition. A pleasure, a pleasure, and shalom from Jerusalem. That's the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. I want to encourage you to download a podcast of the show. It's available on all the major podcast platforms out there. I hope you'll follow me. And you can also go to AFR.net, click on the podcast tab, and you'll see the Middle East Report there. And you can listen to it that way and download the podcast. And I hope you'll spread the word about the Middle East Report Special Edition. We want to just encourage you to read, study, and apply God's Word in your daily life. And we know that one of the best ways to do that is to connect with the places, people, geography, and history and culture of what we read in God's Word. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.